AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. We are live at the Commodity Classic in Orlando, but the markets wanted nothing to do with the celebration. Bean oil led beans lower. Old crop corn ran out of buying interest in the wheat market. Wheat market may have opened a whole new layer of downside price risk. Even feeder cattle closed lower. Live from sunny Orlando, Florida, via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Steve Nicholson from Rabobank. Then it's Rick Brock from the Brock Report, and we'll wrap up with Brian Doherty from Total Farm Marketing. Right after the news, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the sunburned host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. Oh, I wish I had a little sun already. Haven't yeah? seen it yet. Yeah, you know, when I walked over here early this morning, it was a beautiful morning. Beautiful morning. Uh-huh. I didn't even get a chance to take it in, dude. No. This lineup that you've got, are you sure that they all know that they're on the one show? It's uh, yeah, Nicholson, Brock, and Doherty, right? Um, well, I don't know. I just sort of put together like my dream team, like the ultimate perfect show, and Careful, just wrote that down. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> outstanding. Outstanding. You know what was not outstanding today? Uh, let me guess. I, I'm thinking you're probably going to refer to the markets in some way. Yeah. Boy, that was ugly. That was ugly. Uh, wheat, just kind of the bottom fell out of that market here today. Corn, you can't say a whole lot good about it. We'll find no. out from from Oliver what got into the market. You know, and the thing is, corn, if I, I had a good export sales report, there's signs that some demand is coming back into this market. And it's tough to find a buyer in corn right now, Davis, especially the old crop contracts. Boy, the... The bear spreads really, really took place and worked hard today. No doubt about it. The technical destruction is a tornado in a corn-shaped trailer park right now, Chip. (laughs) It feels a little that way. Technical destruction. Love Uh it. All right, buddy. Let's get to the news. What do you got? Chip export sales of wheat reported by USDA were at the low end of expectations and down 6% from the previous week. Ukraine's grain harvest may fall 37% to 34 million metric tons in 2023. That's due to fewer planted acres and lower yields, according to the country's National Academy of Ag Sciences. Still, May SRW futures closed just below support at 666. On expectations, the Black Sea trade deal will be extended. May hard red winter wheat futures 23 cents lower, 777 and one quarter. May SRW wheat fell 21 and three quarter cents to 665 and three quarters. May spring wheat closed at 811 and one half down 23 and one half. That soft red wheat contract chipped the May down just a quarter cent below that uh, yeah. initial support. Not a good yeah. sign. Absolutely. And this Ukraine story is such a big deal. There's no doubt about it. And, and it's only getting bigger as time goes on. Are they going to get the grain deal extended? 
2023 does not look good for production. 2024 doesn't look any better and probably looks worse. So it's a story that's around to stay, no doubt. Corn futures worked lower for the fourth consecutive session on spillover weakness from the wheat and soy complexes. The Rosario Grains Exchange slashed its Argentine corn crop forecast to 35 million metric tons. USDA reported weekly corn sales of 1.412 million metric tons for the weekend of March 2. That was up notably from the previous week and 57% above the four-week average. The May contract, however, is signaling a downside breakout from a bear flag formation. May corn futures 14 cents lower, 6, 11 and one half. July corn down 12 and a quarter, 601 and three quarters. These corn futures closed at 553 and a half, down four and one half cents. The big uh, story here is massive pressure on the old crop contracts. Yeah, yeah there's all kinds of bullish news out there. 1.4 yeah. million on the exports, the Argentine crop down to 35 million ton, according to Rosario. And that market could not catch a bid today. That's bad. That is a market that refuses to go up on good news. We may close this May contract with a five-handle tomorrow. I hate to predict that, but uh, yikes. Soybeans lower on the week, on week export sales data. Despite further cuts to the Argentine crop, USDA reported net reductions of 23,000 metric tons for the weekend at March 2. That's a new marketing year low. Sales were down, of course, noticeably from the previous week. USDA reported a daily sale of 184,000 metric tons for delivery to unknown destinations during the 22-23 marketing year. Still, futures dropped through and closed below technical support. May beans were seven cents lower, 15.10 and three quarters. July beans fell seven and one half cents, 14.98 and three quarters. Novi beans closed at 13.60. That's down 11 and one half cents, Chip. $75 crude oil really is weighing on that bean oil market right now and that bean oil market is pulling beans lower and look at meal fighting the whole yep. way it's just a weird market man well december cotton was 14 points lower today 8307 let's look at your livestocks fat cattle futures started the day on an upswing but reversed course amid a quiet uncertain cash market usda reported weekly beef sales of 5600 metric tons for the weekend of march 2 that was a marketing year low April fats closed below initial support. April cattle 65 cents lower, 164.80. June live cattle down 97 and a half, 159.67 and one half. April feeder futures fell 92 and a half cents to close at 199.15. On the snout side, buyers have grown impatient with the pace of gains in the cash hog market, pressuring nearby futures today. Net pork export sales 29% below the prior week, adding to negative sentiments. April hogs 67 and one half lower, 8507 and one half. June hogs gained 17 and a half to close yeah. at $100.45, Chip. Still just defensive, defensive, defense. Yeah. It's yep. really a, a tough market to, to watch right now. I think we've got Oliver Slope, don't we? Hello. Hey, Oliver, say hey to everybody down at Commodity Classic. Oh, man, you guys are enjoying the nice weather. We're staring down uh, some snow potentially tonight. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, well, we're going to be doing, we'll, we'll handle it just fine down here. <laughs> what we didn't handle today was the selling in the wheat market, the selling in the corn market. Where did it come from? Oh, man, it has just been a bleed lower. And it's something I talked about earlier in the day with some clients is, you know, you to, to mark a low, if you want to do a counter trend trade, you really want to see that peak panic and capitulation. But yeah. the steady bleed lower does not give any indication of that. And the close 
below 620 and the breakdown of last week's lows just started to feed on itself. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that, you know, unfortunately carry over into some forced liquidation ahead of the weekend. There's still a gap, I believe all the way back to July 26th, which comes in 595 to $6 for that May contract. So if the bulls can't find their footing here, there's not a whole lot of support until that gap. Right. And okay. Take me over to the livestock trade. What was the feature in there today? Well, yeah, live cattle, uh, you know, a little bit lower. Feeder cattle is probably the market that's gotten the most attention here throughout this week and really last week's trade as well as it has just been on a mission to the moon. We are in you know, overbought territory. we got a nice little pullback today, but I, I don't know that the high is in. The tops and bottoms are a process, not necessarily a point. Yep. I think the volatility in the grain markets is going to start to pick up. And with the move that we've seen in the feeders, it, I would assume that the volatility continues to pick up there. And with the sharp rise, you're going to see sharp pullbacks. That doesn't mean the top is in again, but uh, be prepared for volatility to, to pick up in the coming weeks. All right. So did you see the news? <laughs> I've seen a, a lot of news. Which news are we talking about? Cyclones beat uh, Baylor for the third time this season. First round of the. Oh, man. That's a sweep. Love it. 78-72. Good stuff. Thanks, Oliver. Hey, we're here at the Commodity Classic. Thanks to Helena Agra. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to Commodity Classic and AgriTalk at Commodity Classic. Big thank you to Helena Agra for making it possible for us to bring you coverage from Orlando. We're going to get to a conversation with Steve Nicholson here in just a moment. But first, let's uh, make time for this industry spotlight. All right, joining us now, Phil Hollis, Executive Vice President at Helena Agra Enterprises. Phil, thank you so much for having us down here. We sure My appreciate pleasure. it. My pleasure. All right, there's some optimism in the industry. It might be some cautious optimism out there. And and not only about in the industry, but for the season ahead. What does your gut tell you? Well, I was optimistic till I heard some of the news on the green prices. there, but yeah. uh, and I think that's been inherent of what we've been dealing with the last two or three years, post COVID, in COVID, and and really we feel like things are starting to stabilize. There's going to be some dips. There's going to be, you know, you can't open up uh, the news without what happened yesterday in Ukraine, and yeah. and, and that's going to obviously play an impact. But you know, when you look at we manage things on a on a macro scale, yeah. and and we feel like things are starting to stabilize and. 
and, and we can really get our people focused on helping our growers raise a crop as gotcha. we go forward. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, helping growers grow a crop. It means new technology all the time. What'd you introduce today here at Commodity Classic? Been a good day. Yeah. You guys have been busy. We, uh, we, we got our Resgenics products that they're, they're trying to, you know, uh, share and, and, and trying to share with our people and also our growers as they come in and then and, and water utilization is a key for the future and not just markets that are desert markets but also in the central part of the U.S. it's yeah. becoming dominant water use is key also inertia our, our, our soybean really our stabilized enzyme seed treatment we're pretty excited about that and what that can do and when you look at a bio you know bios are the the, the hot topic in the industry and you yep. can walk this trade show and see that right now yep. and and really the science behind that and also the data that's behind that is what gets us excited for our growers. Gotcha. All right. So sustainability, is it a buzzword or is there really something to it? Well, I think there's a lot to it and yeah. there's been a lot to it for a long time. We've been conscious of this effort for many, many years and, and you and I had a chance to yeah. talk earlier. We've been making products at our production plants at places that are close to the delivery areas that's for a carbon footprint yeah. thought process as we did that and we did that long long time ago yeah the reality of it is that sustainability is becoming a way of life there's more eyes and ears on on the ag industry than there ever has been and we need to rise to that challenge and we view it as an opportunity to rise up through that and and help our growers help our growers it, it, it can't be a fad it has to be a yeah. way of life yeah absolutely okay one piece of advice for farmers for getting ready for this year what is it well, I think a couple things. When there's too many movies, <laughs> Did I say one? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving <laughs> parts. Right. But you really have to have a partner. And and you okay. know one of the things we solicited here is the guys have talked and gals have talked about bean wise, corn wise, and really wheat wise. And yeah. and you have to have an agronomic partner and somebody that's going to provide solutions. And there's a lot that that a lot of tails off of that. Yep. And a lot of tentacles, but. Really, at the end of the day, it's about somebody being in your camp and, and being able to partner with your yeah. with your local retailer. And we hope our guys fit that, that bill every day. Fantastic, Phil. Good stuff. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yep, that's Phil Hollis, Executive Vice President at Helena Agri Enterprises. Learn more about it at www.helenaagra.com. All right. Steve Nicholson, oilseed grains analyst. Robo AgriFinance. How are you, man? Good. How are you? It's good to good. see you. It's good to see you as well. Good to Which, see you. Not in a not in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this does look a little different than the bunker. It does look there's, a little different than the bunker, no exactly. Question. Yeah. Uh, Helena always does a great job setting Absolutely. us up here. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great place to do a show from, and we got a nice crowd. It's good it's people. all kinds of fun. Yes. Good people. Okay. That I feel like we need to talk a little bit about today, but as we think longer term in these markets, Robo is, is always doing the long-term outlooks. Right, right. What does your baseline look like? Some of the yep. things that are influencing it going yep. forward. So the baseline is that's exactly right. We, the market certainly is the day-to-day -day give and take. And there's a lot of, as I said, the market's really bifurcated. You've got people who have turned extremely bearish. Yep. And you've got, and those of us, we're kind of still in the camp is it, and, and Phil kind of laid it out pretty well. Is we're sort of in a range and I think the market's comfortable staying here. But when we look long term and look at the baseline and think about where we are, we're still in a situation of very difficult to rate to really build stocks. Now, I will say one thing: if Mother Nature changes her ways, yeah. it all comes back to weather and yield once all said and done. Yep. So, but the market we see yields we see that stocks are still difficult to build. 
we still have huge acreage constraints. We have every every crop imaginable, maybe cotton being the one that's not, yeah. needs acres for yeah. whatever reason. And so that's going to be very supportive to prices as we go forward. And, and the other thing is that this is a bit of a, this is a trend I think that we're just starting to see, is that look at domestic demand. It is rot, it is red hot. Yeah. Whether it's, and I know people talk about feed, you know, whether it's feed, whether it's food, whether it's, and think about oilseed crushing. Mm -hmm. We've got to have soybeans because we've got 700, 750 million bushels more oilseed crushing on the way. Yep. If, and some of it's already here. That, those soybeans then aren't going to go to exports. And if you look at Brazil, it's the same issue there. Their domestic demand, whether it's for feed, whether it's for processing, is growing too. Now they're growing more crops, but we also know they have their their weather has been more has been as volatile as well. So right. those are some things that to me look at a, a market that's going to be continue to be volatile and be supportive. You know, the weather volatility that we've got in place right now yep. is going to make for a very interesting year. Yes. And when it comes to domestic demand, something that you can rely on that is consistent. I've always said, give me an extra billion bushels of corn demand or 400 million bushels of bean demand, and it'll change everybody's life forever. That's right. And we're looking at that. That's exactly right. And I always tell people, I said, it's not, you know, export market sometimes can kind of turn off and on. But if you put a crushing plant or a corn wet mill or a feedlot there, well, you know, I'm not going to feed those cattle for seven days. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, you just don't turn that switch off and on. And you're absolutely correct is that that is demand that is there that raises that basis level. And that basis level doesn't go back. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't revert to a mean. It is moved to a new level. Okay. It, this mar the, the market has set back. Beans, yep. you know, as long as be beans are, they feel to me like they're trying to make a home. The old crop contracts right. are trying to make a home above 15 bucks. That seems so weird to say. Well, right, and because in people's talk, you know, I hate to pick on bulls and bears. That's yeah. sort of mean sometimes. But the bear said, "Well, it's going to be a record bean crop in South America." Yeah. But we've been talking about this since October, yeah. and it wasn't like the market was like woke up today and said, "Well, wow, it's going to be a big crop Brazil." Yes, it's here, and the bean market seem, is still hanging up here at fifteen dollars. But think about you know, think about all the teeth mashing over U.S. exports. Yeah. Now we'll set corn aside. You notice bean exports are above last year's pays? Exactly. Well, then. And, and bean, our bean export pace is above year ago, and corn is the most, U.S. corn is the most affordable in the world right now. I know. But I think, yes, and that's exactly right. So the world's going to go, hmm, start yes. looking around and going, well, maybe U.S. corn's where I go. And I think when you look at this delay in the soybean crop harvest in Brazil, obviously delays their safrina crop yep and sugars also they're going to have huge logistic challenges i think to move that crop and and i maybe huge is wrong but there's going to be some logistic challenges and i think that provides a window for us producers steve it has been an effort to connect the dots on the fundamental sides yes of the grain markets it, really difficult since russia moved into ukraine it has because you've because you see this huge shift in trade flow. I'll, I'll tell you a real quick story. I got a chance to go to Europe last fall and we talked to some traders and folks who have business in Russia and have traded with Russia and Ukraine. So I said, so are you still doing business in Russia? Can I get a pregnant pause? Yes. <laughs> and then he'd go, and then you could just hear the other shoe drop. 
but we're diversifying that that yeah. that supplier chain. So I think that's the other piece is you've got stuff happening, and the fact is that you look across the globe, you know, a lot of places had bad weather last year. Australia had great weather, and now that's probably they're dry there now. Yeah. So. A, kind of goes to your question there's so many moving parts all the time and it's happening so fast i don't remember this happening ever maybe the farm crisis of the 1980s yeah yeah and so the market has a hard time you know the market wants to grab onto something and say what's well, gonna be black or white this is a really foggy market okay with a foggy market <laughs> i've only got about 35 40 seconds left but how does a guy manage make decisions in this environment yeah goes back to the economics it, you know it's always thing we always end with and we talk about yeah understand where your cost situation yep. is understand your crop insurance situation where are you what are your margin goals or profit goals however you want to characterize that and hit a single hit a double don't yep. try to hit the home runs or the triples or the grand slams you can't go broke making a profit try to capture that margin and move on and then if you and if you're worried about upside then Maintain some flexibility. Some flexibility, exactly. Yep, exactly. Excellent. Have fun down here, man. Thank you, man. It's good to see you. All right, thanks for having us. That's Steve Nicholson, Rabo Agrifinance. Okay, there's quite the lineup coming your way yet on the show. When you get down here and you've got this kind of uh, resource available to you, we're going to take advantage of it. Rick Brock is up next from the Helena booth here at Commodity Classic. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. The Rosario Grain Exchange slashed the testament of Argentina's soybean crop to 27 million metric tons. That would be the smallest since 1999 and warned there could be additional crop losses. Conab lowered Brazil's soybean crop forecast by 1.5 million metric tons from last month, though that would still be record production. The Kremlin said on Thursday there were still, quote, a lot of questions remaining over the Black Sea grain deal. Uh, there were currently no plans for talks. Ukraine's National Academy of Ag Science said Ukrainian grain harvest may fall 37% in 23 because of a smaller grain sowing area and lower yield. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said no decision has been made about the size of this month's rate increase. And China's consumer price index in February was 1% higher than year ago. News of note is taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Try ProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk and the Helena Agri booth here at Commodity Classic. Thank you so much to Helena for making it possible for us. We're going to get to a conversation with Rick Brock as soon as we make time for this industry spotlight. Joining us now, Mike Powell, Senior Helena Brand Manager for Crop Production and Bioscience. Mike, thanks for having us down here. Thank you. You bet. So tell us about the new enzyme soybean seed treatment that you previewed here at Classic, right? Absolutely. Uh, Inertia is one of the latest in our line of protected enzyme technology, specifically designed for soybeans and to be delivered as a seed treatment. The key is its VersaShield formulation technology. That improves the longevity of the enzyme for fast, effective results, long-lasting benefits in the soil, and it also allows us to partner with other seed treatments. Awesome. Okay, so we have talked quite a bit about the enzyme technology. How does it work? Why does it work? Well, I mean, enzymes play a huge role in soil quality. Yeah. Um, they, they increase microbial activity in the soil, which helps the roots become more effective in supplying that nutrition to the plant. The challenge is to protect those enzymes in the soil and make them last longer. Yeah. And that's kind of what really what the VersaShield formulation technology does. So we create that type of environment to improve productivity. And that's what it's all about. And yeah. that's what we've done with inertia. How's it work? How's it, what do the results look like? Well, I was really excited about our results we had this past year. We did a 12 location study across the Midwest and the Southern uh, geographies. And you know, the weather was crazy this yeah. past year. We yeah. had wet and dry conditions. So I've, I feel real good about the results that we got. So on average, inertia produced more than 14% increase in root weight by mass. Okay. So, I mean, we're that's what we're doing. We're helping build a bigger root system. And then our average yield response was 2.4 bushels across okay. all those, those areas. So uh, that gives us, and that is a, an advantage over just using the standard insecticide fungicide treatment. Yep. So it's an easy to use add-on that can give a guy about an eight to one investment return, wow. return on his investment. That's awfully good return right there. So what, what do you see in the future for this, for this new technology? Well, this biological space has been, I mean, we've been in it a long time. Yeah. I mean, we've been in bi- selling biological products for over 20 years. So we just, we have a lot of experience with our humic acid products, plant extracts. And, you know, we brought the enzyme technology about 19 years ago, and we're just learning how to use it in more ways. And bringing this new inertia to the soybean market is very exciting for us. Excellent. Excellent. Mike, thank you so much. Appreciate yes, it. Thank you for having me on. All right. You bet. That's Mike Powell, Senior Helena Brand Manager, Crop Production and Bioscience. Learn more about it at www.helenaagra.com. Sitting right next to me with the Brock Report wide open and ready to go. It's one Mr. Rick Brock. Rick, it is good to see you. Chip, good to see you always. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, wild Excellent. times right now. Yeah, it, it is. I don't think that these markets are performing outside of your expectations, though. Al, I don't want to toot our own horn, but we've been right on. This is uh, We're 100% sold in old crop corn and beans and 45 to 50% in new crop and 20, 20% in the 24 crop. Yep. And so, you know, this is a, a market that we thought, you know, had very limited upside potential. Mm-hmm. And so we sold it aggressively and it's paid off uh, big time in the last uh, three weeks. Yeah. Four weeks. Yeah. The reason I said that was we talked shortly after the start of the year and you were about, well, you, you were probably leading the pack on the bear side at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we've, we've pushed that a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a very simple thing. You know, we had a, at harvest time, we had a premium crop carry uh, in the corn. Uh, never, never store a corn crop when you got a premium carry. Never. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You, you sell the corn. And if you don't want to sell it at harvest time for money, uh, tax reasons, you, you do it in January. I mean, this was a, a pretty much a given. And, uh, you know, short crops, uh, you know, have a long tail. And, you know, the, the scariest thing about right now, and I know everybody wants to know when could this stop going down. I, no one knows the answer to that. This is a, this is a falling knife right now. Okay. And uh, in December, January, I do a lot of speeches. And, and before everyone, I, I pulled the audience and uh, had them fill out a card telling us how much, what percent of their old crop corn was sold, yep. what percent of their new crop. Lowest numbers I've ever seen in, in 40 years in this business. Lowest by far. Really? People weren't selling. And I, I would venture to guess that if you pulled the people here at the convention, very little new crop has been priced. Yeah. I'd, and and I'd so, you know, it, it's a hard thing to do. And now it's a very hard thing to do because you don't want to sell at a price today. I mean, this market's dropped 70 cents in the last yep. 15 days. Yep. And so now it's it's a really, really challenging situation. And, and we've had several people talk, stop by our booth today and said, you know, I just now looked at what new crop prices are and how much lower they are than the old crop. Just and, now looking? And they said, you know, I can't pencil out. I said, well, yeah, that's probably true. So, you know, I think we're going to see a huge separation this year. But guys have done a good job of marketing. I think we're going to have one of the best years they've ever had. Okay. Because the opportunities have been there. Yep. And if anybody's done nothing, I, I don't know. They're, they'll be having some serious talks with the banker if they have to borrow money, and now they're yeah. borrowing money at eight percent instead of four percent. Right. It's, it's 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 going to be it's going to be a challenging year for some people, and it's going to be a big turn of events. I think. Okay. I don't want to miss out here because when you sat down, you opened up the Brock report to a page. What are you looking at? Well, actually, I, I was just trying to stay current on the on the prices <clears throat> and come up with some reasonable objectives. Like July corn today uh, closed its. Uh, call it 602, 601 and three quarters. This flag we just broke out of two days ago, yep. any technical observer would know that's 50% down. That gives you an objective now of 575 in the July corn. Yep. So, so about another 30 cents down, 32 cents down on the July corn. Same thing on the D's corn. Then I think we'll, we'll find some support. But the scary part, and you, you talked about this earlier, is what's going on in the wheat market. Yeah. Okay, the wheat fundamentals are, are are not good because of this sharp increase in, in the Soviet Union. Big increases there. But in the long term, I think this is going to be good. If you're, again, if you're a technician, it's the fifth wave down the wheat market. Yep. And what's happening right now, and I just spoke at the American Feed Industry Association's annual meeting uh, this morning at, a, at another uh, conference center here in Orlando. And uh, all the major livestock feeders and livestock companies attend that meeting every year. And uh, even more so than I thought, we're seeing a lot of wheat being put into to, to rations. Really? Very aggressively right now. But you just look at the numbers. I mean, it is it is unbelievable, I think, the amount Central of- Central Plains market? Yeah, Central Plains, actually, okay. even in the Corn Belt. We're seeing wheat going in, if it's available. And so we're seeing wheat go in there. And so to me, and again, if you're a technician, this is the fifth wave in the wheat market. I think this thing's going to make an exhaustion bottom. And when it does, I think the wheat market's going to spring back like a son of a gun. Okay. And if anything's going to come back, it's going to be wheat. Uh, but now that wheat corn spread is way out of whack. Yeah. And so it needs to come back. But uh, 
you know, I mean, so that's a, a, a little bit of a, a hope for, for a wheat producer. And, and, this, and the soybeans have got uh, good pot potential. The, the, fundamentals, the, ne- the fundamentals aren't negative. They're just not all that bullish exactly. at $15. Exactly. Um, it's, it's not a bearish situation in beans, and they need acres. And not this year, but next year, when a renewable diesel starts coming back on and a couple of these plants get built, we, we need more bean acres. Yep. And so the beans price there, but, but for the next 12 months, it's not bullish. For 12 to 24 months, it, it's very friendly. And so you got to have your time frame. You're going to watch the structure of the market, the spreads of that bean market to figure out when the time is coming that they're factoring that in? I think it's a hard thing to figure out right yeah. now. It's just like even in the corn, figuring out the uh, basis changes that have happened in the last six months. You know, I, I was telling the audience this morning, I remember one day, it was either last week of October or first week of November, and I don't handle very many clients myself. But on the same day, I bought corn for a livestock uh, producer in Western New York at 45 under the board. I've never done that in my life. It's normally normally 85 over the over. board. Yeah. yeah. And the same day I sold corn in Aurora, Nebraska at 85 over. The, the basis yeah. map yeah. has done yeah. a complete flip from east to west. And and frankly, I think that one's easy to explain. You know, yeah. if you take a look at the demand side in that area of the country, put a pin in the map just south of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, draw a hundred mile radius. And you, you've got the majority of ethanol plants, yeah. uh, hog operations, poultry costco came in and built this big processing plant in eastern nebraska yep i mean it's a huge deal lincoln and, premium and, right and, yeah and so now you've got all this demand in there and if you take the product corn production of those six states it peaked in 2016. we have not even been close to the production of 2016 in those six states and so every year something like last year it was york county nebraska you know, basically it wiped out I in a windstorm. I hadn't even thought about it that way. And if you, if you look at the at those areas, it's it's obvious what's what's happened. And 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 yet I'll, I'm not going to explain in Western New York. There's a different reason there. But yep. uh, well, they that, lost that, an ethanol plant. No, they only have one ethanol plant. <laughs> yeah. And the I mean I know them well. They're a client of ours. But okay. the, the ethanol plant they lost was five years ago. Okay. And, and so uh, and that was up around Syracuse. But the. Uh, uh, it's a it's a changing dynamic, but now all of a sudden, you know, I mean, that area of the country, around Sioux Falls and that hundred yeah. mile rate, they need a corn crop, and they just haven't had one. And so, you know, we good weather. I'm not a weather forecaster. I, I don't know if we're going to have good weather or not. If the USDA's forecast of planted acreage materializes and we have decent weather, then we're going to have a big corn crop. Yeah. But you know, we've been saying that you since know, 2017. I was becoming convinced that these crops we couldn't get a half a crop it was always going to be better than that and then sorghum in the u.s happened last year and that was half a crop and now mm-hmm. the bean crop down in argentina yeah. the corn crop down in argentina basically half a crop right if we get into a situation like that where we've got some risk here we're out <laughs> my you know, gosh it, rick we it, could talk for three hours we could but you know the other <laughs> thing keep it in perspective argentina's crop compared to brazil is a pimple on an elephant's yeah, back yeah you know i mean brazil's is up a lot more than argentina's is down okay. so if you look at the two together yeah, yeah it's it's still gotcha. a lot a lot of crops down there and rick, as you mentioned earlier in the show there's still a lot of production that can come yep. into play in, in brazil yeah good to see you rick appreciate you man all right chip thanks all for right. having me rick brock the brock report we got brian doherty from tfm coming up next here from helena at commodity to produce higher yields and greater value at harvest timing is everything 
Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back to AgriTalk. We're going to wrap up our day one coverage from Commodity Classic. Again, a big thanks to Helena Agra for making it possible for us to uh, to bring you some coverage. And, and what a great lineup we've had on the afternoon show. Good grief. We're going to keep it going right now. Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson is with us. Brian, it's good to see you face-to-face, man. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I guess a year. So yeah. it's good to see you. Exactly. Good to see everybody. Okay. Yeah. I want to get current and talk a little bit about today's corn market because we got good export demand. We've, and, and this is not the first time even this week that the corn market's gotten some good news and has refused to go up. What is going on? Yeah, and you can actually go back. I think you can go back to the Outlook Forum when carryout was estimated around $1.9 billion. Yeah. We thought it'd be $2 billion. So, so that... I thought was construed as friendly and the market started tipping up. I think what you've got going on, it's a big money play in the market. You've got a, a U.S. dollar that's rallied through the month of February. You've got a Brazilian crop that looks good. No major weather issues in Brazil. There's some downgrades and some of this and some of that. But in, in general, it's not like last year where we saw a 20 million metric ton decline in, in the soybean crop in Brazil. Now, I know Argentina's got some issues. Uh, but when the money starts to leave the market or when it adds the short positions as it has in wheat and you have wheat tumbling like it is, oh, it's only boy. a matter of time before probably corn you know, suffers from that same uh, issue. And so when you look at the way the wheat market's gone, it's probably a matter of time before the corn. But really, it starts way before that. You go back to October, November, December. We had supportive news. The corn market failed to rally. Yep. I think farmer selling has been pretty aggressive this year. The farmers we talked to have moved right along. Inverted market, you've got uh, a, a lot of asset tied up with interest rates going up and the dollar going up. Yep. And the market telling you wants to corn sooner than later. So I think the end users wanted to make sure they had corn in hand and they were buying, but that puts more corn into the marketplace. Yep. So, so what I'm hearing from a lot of our end users and buyers is they've, they've got it bought. They're, they're bought up or they're ethanol plant is is booked out far enough so all of a sudden you get this void and if you don't have friendly news and the bull tips over you got to feed the bull you get what you get here and you get long liquidation i think the last couple of days has been margin liquidation okay the the farmers here when they look at the 23 crop heck even when they look at the old crop now after the break that we've saw that we've seen i think there's an expectation that the market is going to claw some of that back, isn't there? There's a strong expectation because prices are high to start with, and they're high because you've got a snug 
U.S. and world inventory. Yep. But the market's always looking ahead. The market, I always say the market moves on three things, perception, momentum, and attitude. And yep. the perception is that we'll have friendly news or something will come along. But the reality is the momentum and the attitude in the trade sector has been basically selling. It's been bearish. And consequently, you've been in a downtrend. You look at December corn, it peaked in October at 637. And the, since 2013, e each of those years, we've taken from wherever that post-harvest high, if you call that a post-harvest high, the market's taken off 25% value at some point. And usually it comes pretty fast and quick. Average drops about 30 days when it does go. But the bigger picture perspective is the market will lose about 25% of its value. Yep. So if we take the inverse of 25% is 75% times 637, that's a 478 downside <laughs> December objective. So if corn gets to that level, it shouldn't surprise anybody. No one likes to hear it, but that's that's what's, you know, is, past has told us. Is that when we get some willing buyers into the market? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the buyers are there, but if you're, think about it, if you're a buyer and you're seeing what's happening, why are you stepping right. up to the plate right now? Right. And you've been told to only buy as needed because of the inversion in the market. You've been told to wait to buy once you get your secured, uh, yep. your, your, your needs secured. So, so the attitude hasn't yet adjusted to it's cheap enough. It's time to step in front of this. It might happen, but I think there might be a little more downside yet. The market, that's what the market is really signaling. Yeah. This is liquidation and margin liquidation. And those who sold higher, it'd be, especially the speculative interest they're making money yep. they do what they do best when they're making money is sell more they just pile on it'd be nice to have some uh, some real-time data or close <laughs> to real-time data on that wouldn't it well and that's the thing we saw it in the wheat market where the community traders because we don't have that we know where about the players were but you have the the speculative interest in wheat negative wheat to the point of they've they're sold more bushels than the crop is yeah is. And corn is still 200,000 plus long. So you have to be really perceptive to, or on top of things to know that that's a vulnerable break. It's kind of like something on top of the, the hill. It can roll down pretty fast if something nudges it. And when wheat's tugging it, unfortunately, corn prices roll down. Okay, so to me, it feels like wheat is leading the way down. Corn is, has become a very willing follower. Right. Soybeans. That market is the old crop market is trying to make a home just above fifteen bucks. I, I think when you look at carryout at, at two hundred and ten million bushels, there 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 literally is no room for error right. in, in the US and and Brazil's crop isn't quite in the bin yet. It looks good, but there's no room to air there and there's a better demand market. And I think from the long term perspective, the market's gonna look at all of this biodiesel and bioenergy and realize that you know, the beans are going to have to buy enough acres. So if you look at that ratio, yep. it's now 2.45, 2.46. It was 2.2 a month and a half ago. So it's starting to tell, encourage farmers to think soybeans. Yep. And we'll, we'll see if that switch happens. But I, I think the market's also, Chip, I think, I think farmers, this is my opinion, we're pushing the envelope to plant more corn, maybe a lot more corn this year. At, what, at the end of February, when the spring prices were determined, it was 2.33 to 1. Right. And here we are 2.4 over 2.4 to 1 now beans i feel like are if, if there's if there's time for a last ditch effort to get acres i think they're trying it now i think so too yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's unfortunate last year when we talked with i talked i thought the corn we had the, the most bullish fundamentals and of all the commodities i thought corn would, would this year I've, I've kind of been the opposite i've said corn vulnerable to, to weaker prices 
because one, the export market didn't develop. Right. Dollar's been higher. China relations stressed going to Brazil, Mexico, go on and on. We've got one thing after another. I know we've got the war, but the market for the time has dismissed that. And it's probably dismissed most of Argentina's issues for the moment. A lot of distractions in that corn market. No doubt about it. Brian, we're out of time, man. We could talk for a long time, but I I sure appreciate you coming over here to Helena for today's show. My pleasure. All right. That's Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Davis, that wraps up day one, buddy, from Helena. That'll do it. That'll do it, sir. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. You've got the free-for-all going. Free-for-all. Commodity Classic tomorrow afternoon.